Nation. All right, what's going on? Welcome back into another episode of the Buffs Nation podcast. Change, change is coming to Boulder, and my God, has it never felt so good? Finally, coaching staff shaking up. Carl Durrell out of town. I'm Tyler Walgie. He's Jared All. Jared, you coming in today with extra fire? You, you know, there's a, there's a song. I think it's Jimmy Buffett sings it. I love Change, Jimmy. Changes in latitudes. Changes in changes latitudes. In attitudes. Changes in attitudes. <laughs> <laughs> feeling that vibe today, well, but We're not changing latitudes, are we? Folsom no, Field staying in the no. same place. Well, but yeah. the attitudes yes. are changing. Carl Durrell out the door. Uh, who else? Offensive coordinator? Uh, or, uh, defense defense coordinator. coordinator, Chris Wilson. Defense coordinator, Chris Wilson, out the door, which okay. means Mike Sanford, uh, offensive coordinator, who's been in Boulder for like eight months. Yeah, all of, yeah, all six weeks, basically. <laughs> Slides well, it's funny, too, because the notifications come through. I'm sure we all get most of our news through our phones now, right? You get the notifications. I get the ESPN notification. It was kind of one of those back-to-back ones, so the only one I saw was DC Chris Wilson. I'm like, are you <laughs> kidding me? He's going to start doing that. this again and just start firing every coach. You got to get, and then of course, all of my friends, the group texts get started. I'm like, wait, I missed something here. I got to go back and look well, at these. That's what Carl Durrell did last year. Yes. I mean, I mean, he caught so much heat because remember, he won Pac-12 Coach of the Year 2020 after going an amazing four and two. But last year, he felt a lot of that heat, a lot of that pressure. And after just one bad season, turned over, I believe it was more than 60% of the coaching staff. Now, if there's anything that good, stable coaches with staffs they believe in do, it's turnover 60% of the staff after one bad year, right? Yeah. So Unless you're Alabama, that's not a normal thing. <laughs> so he had a kind of a bad rap, in my opinion, with pointing the finger, looking for other people to blame. I mean, for God's sakes, Darren Shiverini may have been the only positive in this program in the last three years, and Carl Durrell kicked him out the door because, well, he's the offensive coordinator. People were mad at him. So... Uh, uh, another example, uh, Carl Durrell last year, I think it was after the USC game, and then this year after the TCU game, he took zero responsibility. You know what good coaches do? They go, it's on me, got to improve, got to get better. Carl Durrell's like, yeah, it's the kids. Yeah, they got to improve. Like, we're doing all the right stuff. We're putting them in the right positions. What are we supposed to do? So I saw a pattern here of Carl Durrell really didn't like that negative focus on him. He would do whatever it took to shift that onto someone else, whether it's a player or a coach. And so that's hysterical that you just thought it was... Darrell doing more damage, trying to save face. Uh, so what we're going to do on today's show is talk about replacements, talk about potential head coaches to come into Boulder. Uh, uh, clearly, uh, Colorado's on a bye next week. So CU has the week off. Perfect time. Exactly what we said last week, right? Like this wasn't too tough to predict unless they beat Arizona, which even may, even then that may have been the case. But last week we said this. We said buffs have a bye week coming up. They don't play anyone for a couple weeks. It gives plenty of time for whoever the interim is, whoever these new coaches shuffling around are, gives them time to get everything set the way they want things to run. So, uh, Jared, I have some names here to talk about. I, I will say, my list is not as thoroughly vetted as I would like it to be. I honestly, Tyler, didn't expect them to make this move. It was the obvious move, which is why I didn't think they would actually do it. Mm-hmm. I, I really didn't think this was going to happen well, this week. So we're in the, the early stages of my list still, so it'll, it'll still be growing. Well, well, I mean, look, at Wisconsin just, pop, just uh, fired Paul Christ. Yep. Uh, ne- uh, Nebraska got rid of Lincoln Riley. Arizona State got rid of Herm Edwards. If Colorado didn't make this move, we're behind the eight ball again sure, in the head sure. coach search. So and, this and, needed and to be done. And not to mention, let, let, let's let's do give some recognition to you mentioned Mike, Mike Samford, offensive coordinator, and it will now be taken over as interim head coach. He did have a previous head coaching stint, and off the top of my head, I want to say it was West, Western Michigan or Western Kentucky, and I'm sorry that, that that's slipping me right now. But uh, Mike Samford did have a stint as a head coach before. He has a chance now to 
to put his name in the hat, prove for, you know what, for, for seven games left in the season, see what he can do with his team. I think it's fair to a coach, if you're going to put him in that spot, to give him enough time to prove himself and see if he's a guy yeah, that should be considered. I don't know. Is that a real thing? You think it's legitimate? Like, I'm sure Let's Rick put it George... this way. If this team finishes four and three down the stretch, you don't think that he's the leading candidate right now? I, I don't. Okay. Not right. Not well. Right now, at the end of the season, it would be. I, I still right, think he's sorry. leading candidate if they end four and seven, whatever it be, because we saw what Carl Durrell did in short time. We've seen what a lot of coaches do in short sure. time. This is the last chance I think Rick, Rick George has to hire someone. I mean, Phil DeStefano's involved. I question that, but. I think this is the time where you bring in. This is like like the the last straw. You know, uh, I believe it was Joel Klatt was saying, "This is it. Colorado has to decide they're in or they're out. They can't just. It's not about the coach. It's about what's going on around the coach. And so, Phil or uh, Phil George, uh, Phil Stefano, Rick George have to decide what kind of program they want this to be. And if Rick George, what he said was true this past week, that their only goal is to make Colorado nothing short of powerhouse. That's what he said, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, pretty much that. They're going to have to change things behind the scenes. How much money is being given to the program, how much the boosters are giving, how much the, the regions care about football, and the academic restrictions that are imposed on incoming players to this team. All of that has to change, okay? So that can't go unnoted. Unless that changes, Mike Sanford, no one else is really going to succeed the way people want both football to succeed. Uh, but I think even, I think that my, the way Mike Sanford gets a job here is he ends with six wins. Like, you go six in whatever. What would it be? Six and one. Yeah. To end the season, and that includes wins against Utah, Washington, USC. It's it's highly unlikely. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. So so I mean, short of that, you can't give the reins of a program to Mike Sanford, who's been here for for a cup of coffee. Doesn't even have, in my opinion, a great track record as a OC and head coach. I mean, he got fired last year at Minnesota before coming here. Sure. Minnesota's one of the best offenses in college football this year. So I'm not convinced Mike Sanford's the right choice. I just think he's the only choice at this point for them to put the interim. Were you surprised at, at all by that move? And then you no, kind of mentioned no. you get rid of the defensive coordinator. He becomes right. sort of the obvious answer. I, I wondered, I, I kind of threw out the name a few weeks back of Hagan as a guy that's been around for a long time, can maybe settle the program, maybe on the recruiting side, he's one of their bigger recruiters. That's that's just a name I threw out there. I was a little surprised myself by Mike Sanford because of his lack of familiarity with this program and, and the recruiting side of it. That yeah. How much is that really helping you right now? Is this a move that's, that's boosting anything between now and finding that head coach because we you know uh, Rick George pretty much flat out came out and said they're not going to hire somebody before the end of the year that it will be which which makes sense it's very rare to see yeah, a coach get yeah. hired during the season well there's going to be a lot of coaches fired at the end of the year two bowl season things like that but you know they, they, they've got to make sure they being the people making the hire here Rick George that they do their due diligence and they, they, they do wait and, and get the correct hire here but yeah I don't think that there's much that uh uh Mike Sanford can do right now. He's a clear placeholder to me, and that's pretty much all that is. Hey, so. they put out a clip on uh, on social media. That was some some energy. That's all I care about. He had some fire. Well, in good. Practice at least it's this more weekend. than Carl Durrell. Exactly. Bill Belichick 2.0 at the mic. Okay. Uh, so this list for potential head coaches actually comes from BuffZone.com's Brian Howell. Uh, he put together a nice list here. So I want to start with some of the more uh, in- interesting names. All right, uh, let's start with Bobby Petrino, Missouri State head coach. Obviously, plenty of, and, and a lot of these uh, synopsis uh, write-ups are from Brian Howell, but obviously plenty of baggage in Petrino's past. Uh, but he is 15-11 Missouri State, 
Overall, he's 134 and 65, and he's taken teams to 11 bowls in 14 seasons at the FBS. I mean, he knows how to win. That's something I think Colorado needs to look for, whether it's a rah-rah guy, a recruiter, a CU guy, a non-CU guy, whatever. Find someone who's won before. Don't get, I, in my opinion, I don't want one of these hot, new, up-and-coming head coaches that's never done it before, but he's a big name. I want someone who's done it before, someone who's been there before. So. Yeah, I, I don't think necessarily I would steer away from the up-and-comers. I think you want an up-and-comer with, with a track record of success as a coordinator, as, you know, whatever. That Not only are they a part of winning programs, a, a part of powerhouse programs, but a guy that their side of it, if they're a defense coordinator, offense coordinator, has been excellent, has been top-notch. So that's where I, I think the up-and-comer, we saw that with Mel Tucker. We've seen that some success with that before. I, I think that that's uh, intriguing to me. And a guy like Bobby Petrino, you know, I that to me that the baggage the juice is not worth the squeeze there and i think yes he would come to see you he would be a winning head coach they'd be going to bowl games they'd be competing but it's just a matter of time he's he's like urban meyer jr right it's just a matter of time before some super huge controversy comes out and some sketchy thing that he did and i just don't think that that's the type of guy you want heading your program well just don't let him on a motorcycle if he does to the boulder all right uh next name gary patterson Uh, obviously tcu longtime head coach currently with the Longhorns as a special assistant. 178 wins, 73 losses, with 17 bowls and seven top 10 finishes from 2001 to 2020. So making 17 bowls in 20 years, nothing wrong with that. Certainly would change things in, in Boulder. I'm not sure if he has interest in coming here, but that would be a huge hire. I, would I, love I that. think that should be one of their top guys that they, they go after. This is a guy that I, I think kind of unceremoniously was unseated from TCU. They had a couple I mean, of they only down had three years. and five last year. Yeah, it's, it's but, but man, he put TCU on the map. Before he was there, they were nothing. They weren't even a power five team right. when he went there. He, because of the success he had there in Texas, you know, you got the Longhorns, you got Texas Tech, you got Baylor, you got all these other programs around you. He found a way to have success, to really be a, you know, really during his era, they were the dominant team in Texas. So I absolutely think he is going to be the top candidate for many, many teams. To your point, he may not be interested in CU, but I could see a guy in Gary Patterson wanting to get back with a Power 5 program. Well, it's not like the Horned Frogs are OU. I mean, it's sure. TCU. So but, and that's exactly where this is up. sort of almost a lateral move for him maybe there and can then take this to where this could elevate his career. I think that's a big time hire for him. Yeah, I think that's a, a huge name. Everyone pay attention to Gary Patterson. He was He's been very successful in his career. I'd love to have him here in Boulder. Uh, next name, Dan Mullen, currently working at ESPN. Uh, he was fired from his last job because he couldn't live up to the extremely high expectations. I mean, my God. He went uh, 34 and 15 in three seasons with Florida, three top 13 finishes, and Florida said, no good, you get out of here. Before that, he was 69 46 with eight consecutive bowls at Mississippi State. Only history out West was at Utah. Uh, he was Utah quarterback's coach from 03 to 04, but still Dan Mullen, you talk about a coach with a winning record, winning habits, someone who's done it before. I just don't know if that's getting into, into too much of the big name territory and he's going to go to a, a, a Nebraska or an SEC school. I mean, Auburn's going to fire Harson yeah. soon, so maybe he goes there. And that's a name, by the way, too. I don't know if that comes up. I haven't Let's read talk this, about that this, one but next, yeah. okay, but, okay. Uh, but Dan well, Mullen's interesting. Here's what I'm just going to do here is I, I, I like Dan Mullen specifically. I do think he's a really good coach, uh, but I'm going to broaden this as, as more of a category here, just SEC retreads. The number of good coaches that get fired from SEC teams after two or three seasons where they never truly had their chance to prove themselves, and even when they 
did what they did prove was success. There's a lot of guys that are eight and four getting fired from SEC schools. You're telling me you wouldn't take that right now from CU, a guy that's used to competing at the top like that. There are a handful of guys in that situation that I, I think Dan Mullins is probably on the forefront of that. But that's something that I think a lot of times people kind of, when they hear that retread, a guy a guy that's been a coach and hasn't been successful, people kind of want to stay away from that. But Okay, well, people cheering for the CU buffs have to alter their expectations. Exactly. I, I mean, and if there's God. any... Former SEC coach that is interested in coming to the bus, that Could should be, be on the top of your list. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Bronco or uh, uh, Brian Harson. Brian Harson. Okay, Brian Harson currently at Auburn. If he gets fired, uh, what do you think about Brian Harson? I think he is one of the most realistic top tier coaches that the Buffs could get because this is a guy that was at Boise State for a long time, had a lot of success at Boise State. Yeah, he went made 69 that, and 19. Yeah, made that <laughs> jump. He made that jump to the SEC and frankly has flopped so far i think he would absolutely want to get back out west and this is an upgrade from where he was rather than going back to a school like boise state a mountain west school this gives allows him to stay in a power five school in a conference i think where he has a chance to still compete at the top so for the fit from brian harson makes a lot of sense and again from cu's standpoint it's a guy that with a track record of winning it's a guy that knows this area, recruiting this area with his time at Boise State. I think that would be a home run hire if they could get somebody like that. Yeah, he was never a great fit at Auburn. I mean, he always came over as the West Coast Boise guy. Didn't get a lot of respect from the Auburn faithful. And he's 9-9, nine and nine, which is not going to live up to Auburn standards. Now, let's be clear. 9-9 nine and nine is exceeding Buffalo standards right now. Okay, so it's not like this guy's some bum. It just didn't work out at Auburn. He's probably going to be fired. But as we said, overall with Boise, 69-19. Overall in his career, 85-33. and And that includes a 9-9 record at his current school of Auburn. And remember, back in 2013, he his only year at Arkansas State, he won the Sun Belt title. So this guy's always known how to win. And uh, I, I mean... I don't know if he's outside of the realm of, of the Buffs getting him, but if the Buffs do hire Brian Harson or a name like him, don't be upset with this. And here's the thing, Jared. I feel like there's going to be a certain portion of the audience, whether it's 25% or 50 or 75%, that don't like the hire no matter who it is. Sure. So there's going to be some people who are complaining about Brian Harson. He's, what has he done since Boise? And he even won a boy. So what? It's Boise. I think he'd be a great hire. And I think people like that, like you said, SEC retreads would be a nice place to, to look. Uh, Tom Herman. What do we think about Tom Herman? That's a name that I wasn't sure if it was going to show up on this is because he's he's not coaching right now, right? No, no, no. He was fired last year and uh, by Texas, yeah. and he's currently waiting for a good job. Yeah. Uh, uh, Houston, I think, is where he was before Texas and had a ton of success there. Didn't find the success at Texas. This is kind of a trend, I think, of what CU should be looking for. Guys that have been very successful in mid-tier programs – that maybe made that jump to yeah. the SEC, to the Big 12, and maybe it wasn't quite so successful, Get, getting that chance where you can take a low-end Power 5 team and get them back to relativity. Did you just call Auburn and uh, te uh, Texas? Texas mid-level programs? No, no, no. They had success at the mid-level programs that got them the big jobs, Okay, <laughs> Right? The Boise State, the Houston, those are kind of mid-tier... Just clarifying. Yeah. I'm like, hold on here. Yeah, let's, if they're mid-level, what the hell are we? <laughs> okay. Well, we're not right now, Tyler. Let's be honest right. about that. Uh, a couple other big names before we get to some of the other less-known names. Uh, Bronco Mendenhall, also currently unemployed. He resigned from his job at, at uh, Virginia last year because he did want some time off. Right? The, the classic... Hey, you want to be fired or you want to 
take time off and spend more time with your family. Right? Okay, is and that goes, what? Because I was yeah, reading goes, into that a little bit. I want to spend more time with the family. It's like I'm sure you do. Okay. Well, not that I, I'm sure Bronco Mandel's got a great family, but I don't think that was the reason for him leaving Virginia. So currently he's unemployed. Career record: one thirty-five and eighty-one. Fourteen bowl appearances in seventeen years of coaching. So, uh, I, I mean, Bronco, look. Again, a lot of these coaches, they haven't worked out everywhere they've been, but this is a name where it's like he's been there. He knows how to build a program, knows how to do... It's funny. There are certain things that you need in a leader of a, of a company, of a sports team, of, of anything. And one of the most important things is understanding the steps. It's like, all right, A leads to B, B leads to C, C leads to D, D leads to championships. That's 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 seems easy and it seems simple enough, but it's a lot harder to do. And you can see that clearly coach to coach. Carl Durrell had no idea what the next step should be. That was obvious. He was hoping to hire someone that could let him know that or, or maybe, you know, we'd have such an amazing player like like uh, uh, Mike McIntyre had with LaVisca Chenault that it covers some of those things. Carl Durrell had no idea, seemingly, that he knew what he was doing for the long term, how to set up this long term. As I said, whether you're running a company or running a team, I want someone who's been there, knows the steps, knows how to get there. And Bronco Mendenhall is one of those people. So I would gladly welcome him. Open arms to Boulder. May not be the first name on a lot of lists, but I think that's a good hire. He's probably, of all the names we talked about, he's the guy I know the least about. And really what he is about and what he could bring to this program. If I'm not mistaken, he's pretty much been an East Coast guy, uh, which which there there are some things there, and especially when you're talking recruiting, stuff like that. Sometimes it does turn guys away if they're used to being East Coast or used to being Florida guys, whatever that is. The idea of going out West and recruiting California, recruiting the, the North Northwest Coast, it's a little bit different. So I, I think I think there's a certain level of as Buffs fans, you you do have to understand that there's a lot of names we pulled that put out there just now. The the last four or five guys that of all of them, maybe only one or two of them is really interested in this. No, job. for sure. I mean, and right? He, and it, well, he was at, at at BYU for a little bit. That's right. He did spend some time yeah, at BYU. Yeah. Okay, so he does. So that then again, that kind of brings you back to those ties. I think there's certain levels of that 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 does. Actually, and I didn't realize this till just now. He grew up in Utah. So okay. he's native of Utah. So okay. maybe that softens some of those things you talked about. I still think sure. it's legitimate. Yeah. But uh, there's yeah. going to be a lot of those back and forth for all these guys. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to some lesser known names. Uh, real quick, I yes. want to throw one yes. more out. And if this comes up late on your list, I'm sorry. Uh, I think to me is the slam dunk. I don't think it's going to happen. But based on the previous success of the coordinators coming out of Alabama, a lot of guys that were former coaches <laughs> that go back to be a coordinator there, spend a year Bill or two there. Bill O'Brien? Bill O'Brien. <laughs> and I know you laugh what? because he was a train wreck as a Houston, Texas no, head coach. that's not why I laugh. I laugh because, see, I don't think that way. I laugh because he's going to go to a, a premier job. He's going to go to... You're probably right. You're probably right. But to me, this is the type of guy you have to interview. You have to sit down with him. And maybe he has zero interest and yeah, won't even yeah. take the interview. I, mean, I, 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 will, I, would, I would step in right now and say without having any more information than you do, my guess would be Bill O'Brien is not interested in this job. I mean, I okay. freaking hope he would okay. be. I'm going to throw another name out there that I think would be interested Uh-oh. in it. Maybe you don't. And you probably are going to laugh not because you think he won't be interested but because you're going to laugh at him. Matt Rule. I know he's still a coach right now. He's coaching for uh, Carolina Panthers in the NFL, but look at his track record in Boy, college you, football. You are getting a little a little overzealous. I mean, what did your Christmas list look like as a kid? Yeah, car, new I TV, new Xbox. Lot, right? I mean, my God, your wish list <laughs> for you coaches think, here. You don't think that's realistic for the no. for the bus no, at all? I, I think it's the same thing as Bill O'Brien. I think that this is such a uh, unfortunately look. We all want the best for this team, and those two hires would be tremendous. But I just look at it from the point of view of uh, what's his name. again? 
again? Uh, 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 the the who you just said? Uh, oh, oh, Matt, Matt Rule. Rule. Matt Rule. I look at it from the point of view of Matt Rule. He took Baylor, which I, I would put Baylor a step ahead of CU right now in terms yeah. of program to national prominence like that. And then got hired as an NFL coach. But he's not going to go one back being to mocked CU. Right I think he needs a rehab job. I think but, he needs but, a rehab job. The, the, rehab his image. No, show no. he can do that again. I think the rehab job for Matt Rule now that he has this NFL experience is a, is a place like Auburn. Once they fire Brian Harson, we all throw Nebraska in there. Nebraska is not uh, the program they think they are, right? Sure. But no, I, I and and I, I hope I'm wrong. Right? This is an instance. I hope I'm dead wrong. I hope you're dead yeah. right. But I don't see Matt Rule. So you're, you're saying I'm here. setting my bar too high. I think you're setting your bar a little too high. Okay. Yes, okay. I do. Uh, this name for Brian Harson, Blake Anderson, Utah State head coach. Even though they're off to a tough start this year, one and four starts so far. His overall record, 63-44, knows the West, and does have a history of winning. Uh, any, any thoughts there? I mean, I, we can go through these a little more rapid fire because we don't know as much yeah, about these that's, guys. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. A lot of these guys, I mean, when you're when you're going for that up-and-coming coach, that's, that's kind of the thing. None of us knew who Mel Tucker was until he was hired, and then you get a chance to see, like, oh, wow, that you know, he, he kind of had an idea of what he was doing there. So uh, it, it's a guy that's had some success. He's, he's produced some NFL talent in his time there, so I, I appreciate that. A guy that, again, knows the area, knows the recruiting. I think that's big for the Buffs right now to try to focus on recruiting, getting the best talent that they can get in here. So, yeah, I like the name don't know a whole lot about him uh marcus arroyo unlv and if i was a boxing announcer i'd call him marcus arroyo you like that i do yeah, yeah, i think you, i should do that yeah you should you should uh, uh, after going to here's where i worry about this name uh he's four and one this year with unlv greatly exceeding expectation and surprising people around the country but his first two years at unlv he went two and 18 I don't think we'd have the patience that for for here for that here in Boulder. Okay, so I don't love that. That to me says, yeah, he's winning now, but that's not the track record I need to hire a coach. And, and again, I don't know enough about UNLV's roster. Do they have some superstar that's maybe making him look better now as a coach than, than what they've had? We'll, we'll have to contact UNLV Nation. And, and, and the other aspect say. of it too, if it's taken him three years to gain success at UNLV, what does that? time frame right, right. look like at a power five school. We, we compare that to Bronco Mendenhall and Brian Harson and their BYU records, how they did. They immediately hit the ground running. I, I'm not so, I don't have as much confidence in Marcus Arroyo, 2-18 and 18 over his first two years at UNLV. Uh, this one's good. This one always comes up. Troy Calhoun. Maybe that's where you're going to go. Uh, honestly, I'm probably for, for those few, who don't know, Troy Calhoun, yes. the current head coach at the Air Force. I'm one of the few guys that don't. I don't. I don't think that's a good move for them. I don't. Think Is it, it because be he a, might bring the the triple option? I think. I, I think stylistically, the way he plays and coaches, it, it to me just doesn't fit for a. Power Five program, it doesn't fit. I don't know that his message is going to get through. I don't know the, the 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 guys that he's recruiting. I mean, this is a uh, 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 an academy coach. I mean, he is used to the rigorous expectations there. But isn't I, that better when you've? I mean, if you that's why, like uh, you know, in baseball, where the where the on deck hitters will put the weight on their bat, and so their bat feels lighter when they get to the plate. Maybe Troy Calhoun's been doing that, working with all these recruiting restrictions, the restrictions of, of, I mean, look at their locker room, the field. You get an upgrade to Boulder, and all of a sudden, even though CU has restrictions we talked about earlier, it greatly opens up for what Troy Calhoun's used to winning with. I think if he was 10 to 15 years younger... Then I'd be a little bit more excited about. It. To, to me, this Ageist. is a, this is an old dog that I think is kind of built something a certain way. Frankly, I think this is why he's not taken other jobs in the past. I don't know how much he's truly interested in. I mean, that thing's that on position. autopilot right now in Colorado exactly. Springs. Exactly, yeah. and so I just 
I wouldn't be upset. I wouldn't be disappointed because, frankly, it's a fun offense to watch, anyways. The the, the triple option, if you were to bring that, but but and I, and I do think that he would bring them some success. I just think you'd have a kind of a cap on where that success is going to get. So I I actually disagree with you. I would love this. Uh, I think Troy Calhoun knows how to build a program, knows how to build a t- how to build a team, knows how to get the right people in here. And I was thinking about this today when I was reading this article, going through these names. At first, it's funny. In, in like 20 minutes, it's changed for me. I'm just sitting, you know, eating lunch. At first, my first thought was what you said. Do we really want to be the gimmicky school who runs a triple option? And like, is it kind of puts you automatically down a level, doesn't it? Like, people don't look take you seriously. They don't take you seriously, but we talk about it all the time. When you're playing against a team like that, it's always a challenge, right? And so I would like it. I would actually, I know it's a weird thing because we all want progress or offenses to progress and have the vertical option and, and, and look modern, but if it wins, what the heck does it matter? You put pressure on your opponents. Now that Colorado may be going to the Big 12 or even staying in the Pac-12 where a lot of other teams are coming in, you're going to have new opponents who aren't used to seeing this. So I think it is a long shot to get Troy Calhoun here, but guy knows how to win, knows how to recruit. And uh, I think it'd be fun to see the triple option. All right, a couple more names. This one this one won't be talked about a lot, but is very, very interesting. Matt Entz, the uh, head coach at North Dakota State. And the previous two North Dakota State coaches, Craig Bull, Chris Kleiman, are now two of the hottest coaches in college football at Wyoming Kansas State. So now, in his fourth season at North Dakota State, Matt Entz has a career record 41-5. and He's won two national championships. And before all of this, he was a defensive coach for 20 years. You talk about knowing the process, knowing what you like, knowing what works. And clearly, he's able to update and modernize his, his, his approach because 41-5 and over 46 games, right on par with the previous few coaches. So the only reservation here is if you say, yeah, it's North Dakota State, though. Can we really trust that another elite coach is coming out of there? And my response would be, as long as Rick George does his job vetting who was responsible at North Dakota State, if it was Matt Entz, bring him on over. Because last time we made this mistake, it's when they brought over Dan Hawkins from Boise and they left Chris Peterson. Yeah, turns out that he was wrong. Yeah, they right? got the wrong guy. Exactly. <laughs> it's like the old uh, 80s police thing. Well, we got the wrong guy. You know? It's, uh, yeah, I hesitate a little bit because, yeah, are you just riding the coattails of the guys that had success ahead of you? But 41-5 and five with two national championships. Yep, yep. And he's been there long enough that he's got his own guys in there, you know? So, so that is something to... Um, the other, the other thing, just in general, not specific to him, is a, a, a lesser tier division. You know, you're, you're the the level of competition is different. Not everyone can make that transition, make that jump. So I do hesitate a little bit there. But again, if you vet him, if you feel like he's the guy that can bring the the right, you know, image, the right, you know, mindset to this team, that's what you need. It doesn't matter. I don't care if it's a high school coach. If it's the guy that can bring the right message to this team, that's what you should be looking for. Uh, and you know what all this means is I'm going to be going to the game in a few weeks. I was It was up in the air. Was I going to go to the Cal-CU game on the, the 15th, which game time just announced. It's going to be at noon on the 15th. Uh, I'm going now. I want to see what this gotta, team looks gotta, like. Gotta, yeah, gotta yeah right? It, right? You got you you to yeah. support the team, as, as Putty says in Seinfeld. Got to support the team. Will right. you Will you be doing body paint? <laughs> or face paint. Or face paint. <laughs> no. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was the face paint it's originally. Fa- <laughs> you painted your face? <laughs> Got to support the team. All right. Uh, two more names here. Jeff Grimes, Baylor offensive coordinator. Now, he does not fit that category of 
being a head coach before. He's never been a head coach, but he's had very, very great, and not just good, great offenses at Baylor last two seasons, and then BYU, 2018-2020, number three in the NCAA in efficiency. So Jeff Grimes is a good coach. He knows how to move the football, but honestly, Jared, I think Baylor has him in the right spot. If Jeff Jeff Grimes goes to that head coach spot, there's a lot of question marks. Like we saw it with with Nathaniel Hackett right now, right? We're seeing it for the Broncos. Nathaniel Hackett, who, by the way, didn't even call plays in Green Bay, he was involved in the offense, but now he comes to, to the Broncos and all these responsibilities adding up, it's like he's overwhelmed. It looks like to me at least. Jeff Grimes is in the perfect spot. Dave Aranda for Baylor has that program on autopilot. They are loaded on offense. I mean, he's probably going to get a job because he's one of those names that gets tossed around. But if I were the buffs, I would pass on Jeff Grimes. Hire him only as a coordinator, but he's not going to come from CU to to Boulder from Baylor. So, you know, guys like that will come up. I don't like that because he hasn't done it. And I think he's in the perfect spot right now. So unless you're going to give him a lateral move over here as offensive coordinator, I would not want Jeff Grimes as the coach. See, in my mind, I think you are limiting half of your top tier candidates if you're not willing to hire a guy that hasn't been a head coach. And that to me is almost a more desired option in my mind. Really? But it's a harder thing to find, right? Your likelihood of nailing that guy and getting the right one who hasn't been there that can step into that role. But if you find that guy, that's a guy that can really build something there. This is a good time to also bring up uh, incentives. Okay? Our incentive... And our desire for the head coach don't 100% overlap with with Rick George's incentive. Sure. Rick George's incentive is to not get fired himself after this hire. Which means probably early success is on the top exactly. of his list. See, you and I, or you more on this podcast, are saying, let's let's maybe take a shot on one of these guys, even though it's less likely to happen. That could be reward, rewarding in the buffs for the long run. Yep. But I don't think Rick George is going to think that way because it's all or nothing yep. for this hire with him. I don't think he's going to want to give it to and one I, of these I kids. think you make a really good point with that. And and that's where, you know, when we talk about the long-term success of this program, that was sort of the the, the shell shock state and why they hired Carl Durrell because they believed he wasn't going to go anywhere. Of course not, mm. because nobody else in their right <laughs> mind would give this guy a head coaching job. But that's when you talk about a lot of the names that we just brought up, the Tom Hermans of the world, the, the Dan Mullins. You think those guys are sticking around? more than two or three years. They have any success. They're going to go back to but there's, the SEC, to the big program. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I No, and I, you're yeah. right. And I do want to say that clearly. I have no problem. You take this team to eight to ten wins in year two, and then you bail. As long as you do it the right way, you don't go midnight mel on us. Do it the right way. That's a best case scenario for the Buffs. Because yeah. guess what? Now you are a desirable Power 5 job instead of being the joke of a Power 5 job. If we get one of those young up-and-comers, all I ask is they leave the program in better shape than they found it, you know? And as much as everyone hates Midnight Mel, aside from him leaving poorly and leaving us with a bad coach, he kind of did that. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you look at where we were with McIntyre losing, uh, coming in last in the Pac-12 five out of six years, and then Mel gets here, he changed the talent and the culture and the feeling of this program overnight. Now, the way he left puts you in a bind, so maybe... He hurt him enough that way to kind of override everything. But but that's what I'm looking for here, is if you are going to hire one of those coaches, make sure they leave the program in better shape than where you found it, and, and see who's in a better position next time looking for a head coach. Exactly. All right, last name here, Alex Grinch. And he fits into that same category, never been a head coach before. He's the current defensive coordinator of USC, and he's had great success in his past with Washington State, Ohio State, Nebraska, Oklahoma. And I know you don't think typical 
you know, stifling defense when you think Oklahoma. But in 2019, when he went there, they improved from last in the Big 12 in efficiency to sixth. So he knows what he's doing defensively so far, getting a lot of praise, a lot of run at uh, USC. But I fall in the same category as I did with Jeff Grimes. Doesn't have the experience, so therefore, probably cross him off the list for me. What I said earlier, when we when I when we first started talking and I talked about the up and comer, this is the guy I had in mind. Okay? Really? This, is, okay. this is who. I was hoping you would get to them on this list. I kind of figured I'd wait and see if he popped up on yeah. your list. This is my, honestly, my number one candidate for, for the Get out of here. I heard he's mean. I heard, I heard he's mean. Around Christmas, I heard, uh, you're a mean one, Alex Grinch. It's actually funny because I heard he is a total <laughs> jerk. Like, he is a rough and tough dude. But that's the type of, I think, mindset that we need a little bit right now. He... Ohio State, one of the best defenses in the country when he was there. He was there kind of right as as they transitioned from Urban Meyer to Ryan Day, and so he was kind of a part of that that era there. Then he goes when Lincoln Riley becomes the head coach at, at OU. He becomes the defensive coordinator, I think, in year two there. Immediately turned around. One of the worst all-time defenses for years. Even under uh, Bob Stoops, who was a defensive coach, they were garbage for years. Everyone just said, oh, you can't play defense in the Big 12. He proved that wrong. Now he's followed Lincoln Riley to USC having good success there as well I think he's a guy that's been allowed a lot of winning programs winning head coaches I think he understands what it takes to be that guy I love that he spent time around guys like Ryan Day around Lincoln Riley guys that made that jump from coordinator to head coach and now are starting to be viewed as maybe not elite but upper tier head coaches in college football I think that bodes well for him he is really on the top of my list again though i just am afraid that cu may not be the only team coming calling for him this year and it may not be the most desirable for one for him to go well and you got to think about the idea that usc has something the buffs don't in that they pay their assistance so if lincoln riley thinks alex Grinch is a big enough deal to his success you better believe usc is going to pay this guy a top level coordinator salary in the country. Yeah. So, you know, that that's one thing where I wish we had more of that here at CU. And that's one thing USC does offer. So that could be holding him back uh, wherever he wants to go. So, all right, that pretty much does it for today's show. Jerry, I, I got one anything? more. I got yes, one more I yes, want to put in there yes. because he's got ties to Buffs. I'm looking back to the start. So this is an article from uh, Colorado Buffs Wire, which is through USA Today. Okay, this is uh, Tony Casolo wrote this article. Tony Casolo. Threw a name in there that I had no idea was even in the coaching world. And the way he words it in this, the product, prodigal son returns Ryan Walters. Did you have any idea that Ryan Walters, former safety for CU Buffs in the early 2000s, did you know he is the defensive coordinator right now for Illinois, the number <laughs> one scoring defense in the nation? Okay, this is a long shot. This is a guy that probably needs some more seasoning, probably not ready to be a head coach, but I just think the ties to CU, you got to at least give him an interview. Maybe it's an interview as a DC. Maybe it's a guy you look to bring in as a DC, but I would love to see Ryan Walters get a look, get a chance to come back and be a part of the bus next Yeah, week. I would love that too. I just don't know. Oh, boy, that is reaching. You talk about a... I mean, high-risk pick there. I love that he's a CU guy, but I, I think that he's just unproven right now. Yes. And that's where I say, if you could get him as a defensive coordinator, that's I do think, the idea. I think CU right, is an upgrade from Illinois well, and as a probably, defensive coordinator. And he'd job. probably like to come back here, play at his school. But I do want to highlight the, the tweet that Brian Howell uh, posted, I think, last week. And Brian Howell said, I don't want a CU guy. 
I want someone who can come in here and turn the program on. Stop asking about CU guys. And so yeah. uh, the, the the fact that he is a CU guy, I want to look at that as an addition, not the reason why I'm interested yeah. there, you know, but that's an interesting one, I guess. Well, and I, and I actually, radar, I saw that tweet from Brian Howe too. I retweeted, commented on okay, it, which, cool. is, which, which was basically to say like, I think that's the biggest, and this is just for CU fans out there, and a lot of you guys are not going to be happy with me saying this. Quit holding on to the glory days. I know. That is why this program in 2022 and for the last 20 years has not had the success because everyone goes, well, there was a time. There was a time. <laughs> and guess what? That was 30 freaking years ago. Yeah. If we want to be successful now, we have to start looking forward. I completely agree. And that's what today's show was about. A lot of candidates in the mix there. So, Jared, anything to add before we wrap today's show up? Just a little energy, a little excitement in Boulder these it's days. It's different. Man. It feels good. Well, as we said, for our regular listeners, the first five weeks of the season, whatever it was, it seemed like therapy. We're coming in here. We're venting. How do you feel today? Tell me how you feel about this. Hopefully, this is the start for a successful change in Boulder. So positive things coming. Stay tuned next week. We'll break down Cal at Colorado. Until then, Buffs, enjoy the off week. We'll talk to you next week on the Buffs Nation podcast. (laughs) 